Soren Kierkegaard wrote, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forward. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. Welcome to the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise. Listeners and hello, Taylor. Hey, listeners and hello, Brian. <laughs> How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. Really looking forward to Christmas time with the family and getting together and just enjoying this season. Right. Yeah. Me too. So we're we're recording this just before before Christmas. Yep. I think it'll release right after Christmas. Right. Ooh, I think so. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. It, we we know what we're doing, folks. Yeah. <laughs> despite what that just sounded like, we are in. Full control of this. <laughs> hey, but I do I do have a fun review. Yeah, let's hear um, it. I, again, it's one of those where I'm going to have to read the review first and then the username. Oh, gosh. We've had a couple of these. Um, what, okay. What, what was one? I, I, I don't care or nothing matters, something like that. I don't lines. give a rip 33 <laughs> or something. I don't. Yeah, it was something like that. I okay. don't give a rip 33. Yeah, okay. All well, right. here's, here's Here we this one. Uh, so good. Thank you guys for bringing such good information and topics to the table. When I walk away from the podcast, I often feel challenged yet inspired and encouraged. Oh, good. So, so good. Highly recommend. The username? Oh. Poopy111. <laughs> what? what? Poopy111. One, one, one. Why? Why? Wait, is that Poopy3? Is it? Is it? That's wait, just actually... 111? Uh, well, yeah. Is it is it the numerals? No, one no, no. Or no. The it's words? not the numerals. It's it's one one one. It's it's uh, the the yeah, words. The numeric one. It's not the words. Oh, the uh, so it's the it's, numeral one uh, one one. But it's not it's not Roman. It's not um it's not Roman numerals. It's just yeah. Numbers. It's just numbers. One okay. one. Poopy one one one. My my question to Poopy one 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 is: When you feel challenged and walk away from the podcast, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I would like to wipe this from my memory, <laughs> if you don't mind. All right, we're gonna okay. We're gonna move along. Moving, right moving there. on. Um, we had a we had a funny tweet come in. We got tweeted. Uh, we did from Levi, who sent a picture. Okay. Uh, he looked very very concerned. Uh, why? Um, uh, just this look of being overwhelmed, and in okay. the background are several. Um, bags like the in, like the containers of cereal oh. and, and they're almost all gone just a few little bites left because of your superpower yes can, from the last episode yep. i mentioned i have the superpower to finish off a bowl of, multiple bags of cereal yep. into one bowl and nobody else in my family has that superpower wow so, I, uh, I i hope wait does that make us a meme <laughs> have we reached meme territory <laughs> something like that Something like that. So, uh, hey, oh, Levi, gosh. thanks for the shout out. That was hilarious. Thank made you, me, Levi. Made me laugh today. Hey, and if uh, if you've enjoyed the podcast, if you could leave a review, uh, that would be great. Uh, wherever you listen, just leave a review there, and that helps other people find it. We appreciate that. We'll read it on air as best we can, Especially, even if your username yep, is yep, Poopy. Poopy one one one. Not Poopy one one zero. We that's that's old news. Oh but. yeah, you, you can't do that. So. Uh, 
that quote. Tell us about that quote we start, we launched the episode with. So we started the uh, episode with, life can only be understood backwards, but it must be lived forwards by Soren Kierkegaard, one of my favorite authors. He's the father of, in the philosophical world, uh, the father of existentialism. I would like to clarify of Christian existentialism, since atheism kind of took over existentialism and, and, and made it into something that it wasn't. But I, I think there's a great truth in what he's saying. Um, we, by nature, are interpreters. Um, humans, were always trying to understand why things are happening, whether that's cause and effect, or is this an intervention from God, or is there a sign or something that we're supposed to see? And we also seek out patterns, which is not in and of itself a bad thing. Um, it's actually a good thing that there's, as you're very fond of saying, life has certain rhythms uh, to it, and that can be something that we do intentionally or unintentionally. Um, I think also to recognize that hindsight is 2020. <laughs> That's awful. I apologize. Um, but as we live life, we, to be perfectly honest, it only makes sense and we can only make sense of things if we reflect on it and if we look backwards uh, upon what's happening. Yeah. So we thought we would do a little bit of looking backwards today. That's kind of the, the season where it's a little easier to do that because we're heading into a new year, but helpful. I, I, I think so. If, if, Self-reflection is kind of a frightening thing to, hmm. to really kind of just set aside time to think about yourself, mm -hmm. especially in that, that silence and that solitude with, with the Holy Spirit, just letting him kind of shine on you. Yeah. And we believe that sanctification is a process, so mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's not going to be done until our glorifications. But there's still that kind of strange moment of, oh— that that there's still some darkness there or there's still some things that i don't like and 2020 has been a year where a lot of things have happened that we haven't liked but it's also been kind of revealing about our character and where the church is at um mm -hmm. and there there have been things i've learned about myself i have not liked during this mm -hmm. year mm -hmm. but it's okay for that to happen uh because we know that god uh, God loves to take care of his children and we shouldn't shun the discipline or we shouldn't shun the revelation of things that need to be changed. But you wanted to kind of wrap up this year um, looking at things that you learned in 2020, uh, kind of a somber way to end the year. And I, I, I kind of like that. Most people are like, yay, 2020 is over. But you were wanting to take this episode in more of a, hey, let's step back and let's Let's have some good introspection, some self-reflection, and some church reflection as well. So why don't you kick us off, and 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 we'll just we'll just kind of I'll, I'll jump in when I need to. But yeah, it's yeah, all please you, man. do. So I I just in my journal had written down. I've been kind of looking back over it to see if I wanted to change it. But I have seven things that I learned in 2020. I probably should have learned a lot more things. I should have learned these better. But well, these seven, are seven, seven is complete. Yes, that's you know, the number. It's very biblical. That's the number. <laughs> so uh, some of these we'll spend a little bit of time with. But yeah, yeah, jump in. And I share these because my guess is a lot of people have learned the same lessons I have. And so maybe it uh, you'll be kind of nodding your head or maybe it's something you haven't thought about. But hopefully it can be helpful. Number one, social media is worse than I thought. Yep. <laughs> it really is. Um, have you watched the social dilemma? Uh, it's the, not yet. That is on my to watch list. I mean, a lot of people are talking about the documentary it's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. uh, you can see it there where it just kind of talks about what happens to your brain, uh, when you, uh, jump into social media and how actually social media is designed to do things that basically the documentary is, 
people who helped found a number of the social media companies who then realized they had created Frankenstein mm-hmm. and were trying, were, were like, uh-oh, what have we done? Yeah. We've realized we've created something that now kind of runs on its own mm. and manipulates people yeah. into uh, these really dangerous places. Uh, and that can be uh, self-esteem issues, uh, but can also be kind of joining really fringe groups that mm. then become a little more mainstream. Yeah. Um, the uh, if you just look at the numbers, you know the the suicide rate in teenagers starts going through the roof back in two thousand nine. Yeah. Where it had been steady for years and years. Um, the year before is the year of the iPhone, and it's not just that the iPhone is terrible, but it brought about then social media yeah. came along. And so there's all these really, it's a, it's really a depressing documentary that, that every parent should probably watch uh, as you start making decisions about what your kids ingest. And a lot of times I hear parents saying, yeah, we really got to, we really got to work with our kids. And while they're telling me this, they're scrolling their Facebook. Right. <laughs> and so it, this is not just for teenagers. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I think that we've just seen lots of the dysfunction in our culture. Um, you can say, well, maybe it's not all the fault of social media. Of course it's not. No. But it certainly has thrown gasoline onto the fire. Definitely. When you consider social media as a tool, the question is, how do you wield it? Mm. And I, I used to have, good Lord, I don't know how many social media accounts. And then I came to the place where I was like, I'm spending way too much time on these things. And this is really affecting my identity mm. um, because I care much more about how many likes yeah. something gets or how many retweets or reposts or yeah or hearts or or whatever it is and that became the determining factor in my worth yeah not the cross yeah. and i realized that and and i also have a as in a millennial i kind of have an addictive personality so for me it was very much a i need to get out of here while the getting is good mm. and so i did and it has been wonderful yeah um, and finally got to a place of my own self-control where I was like, I can have a Facebook now, and I kind of limited to that mm-hmm. with random posts and things. But it, it doesn't it doesn't weigh as heavily on my identity yeah. as the cross and, and 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 the gospel does in my Christian community. Yeah, something that I read from somewhere else that we've just tried to practice is um, to walk away from all social media. At um, it should be for a big chunk of time during your day. Yeah, um, they said for one time period a day, and then for one day a week. Yeah. So that's our, our Saturdays, no social media at all. Nice. Um, and then one week a year. So every year you have a full week kind of Sabbath break nice. I like from that. that and kind of reset you what you're talking about. I'm going to write that down because that's a really good idea. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I like that. It's easy and doable. Number two. Our divisions are getting worse. Mm. And again, just talking kind of culturally here in America, um, that's what we see. And it's it's depressing. Yeah. Because there were times in my life where I thought, oh, things are getting better. Things are, we're not going to have these issues when I'm an adult. <laughs> and, uh, um, and we look around, we're like, oh, man, they're not. And I think number one and number two are very related here. Yeah, I think you're right. But it's, I think it's just to have our heads out of the sand and to see the reality of a lot of the divisions are getting worse. Yeah. And we have people who just live in alternate realities 
perceptions of reality. Yeah, way. definitely. Yeah. And so when you see the world completely different and your news feeds and your social media um, allow you to do that so easily, it really is problematic uh, big time. And so uh, we see the, the divides in our country. Almost any issue that comes up, you'll see people who then quickly make you choose which side you'll be on right in issues where i wasn't even sure you needed to have a side everybody's saying well you have to have a side right and and people generate lots of money and power by doing that yep by dividing us yeah and i think that was one of the reasons that we had talked about you wanting to to do this podcast and the echo podcast name just being it's so easy to get stuck in an echo chamber where you're only getting yes and amens and affirmations from your side without really being confronted with the alternative in the best light possible. Wasn't it Timothy Keller who was like, uh, the sign the sign of a good thinker or of a good debater is to present um, your opponent's side in a way that they would accept? Yes, yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 I hope we do that on the podcast. The, that's kind of the goal. Yeah, yeah it really is. So when we say that there's division... I just think we're, we're far more aware of the division and people are actually addicted to the division mm, because yeah. it really goes into the identity. This is who I am. This is my belief. This is my side. And for the, uh, it's, um, it reminds me of uh, the statement from a uh, tree beard from the two towers. If I can bring in the Lord of the Rings when Mary and Pippin are asking him, well, whose side are you on? And tree beard says side I'm on nobody's side because no one's on my side. And you're like, huh, you know, like that's, that's a heavy statement for a talking tree to make. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I just come back to Ephesians four time and time again. And the whole book of Ephesians is about divisions within the church and specifically uh, the Gentiles being welcomed into the Christian community right. without having to adopt all of the Jewish practices. And that's the mystery of the gospel. And, uh, but it's just a great book about Christian unity. And just let me read a few verses for us. Uh, Ephesians 4. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I come back to that statement just thinking like, make every effort, every Last ditch, yep. <laughs> <laughs> blood-stained effort. Do not give up on that. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And my, my fear of the divisions is I'm not afraid ultimately to live in a country that has divisions right. i'm afraid to live in a church that has divisions mm. that's what's that's what's terrifying and that's what's so counter gospel countries will have divisions and then they'll feel better about themselves and then they'll have divisions and that's the way countries go yep. and i don't want to live in a country like that i would rather <laughs> our country be in peace and harmony yes but uh, the bigger concern is to live in a church that is fractured uh, by what is happening Definitely, and and with even within our, our own church circles and everything, you, we hear this often. And what I get really frustrated at is when people use this verse, and it seems to say no within the denomination. Mm. And we're saying no, that that's not what we're saying. We're talking about the entire body of Christ. Now we recognize that because of humanity, we're going to have disagreements on interpretation. 
but the same gospel. That's not what we're talking about. That, yeah. that, that's not what we're discussing. We're talking about the same goal, which is the evangelism of the good news and the discipleship of the saints. And then, as James says, true religion, taking care of the, the, the orphan and the widow. This is the unity that we're talking about. Our identity comes from Christ, and God informs who we are, what we do, how we see the world, mm. and how we treat others, ultimately. Yeah. Number okay. three. Number three. We were so overbooked. I'm amazed you had time for this, to be honest. <laughs> well, well, what do you mean we were overbooked? Just our, our whole culture. We knew we were overbooked. We uh, had way too many obligations. We were running, chasing our own tails. We signed our kids up for way too many activities. We, we just were overbooked. We had very few just easy evenings at home where... Uh, you know, before the pandemic, how often did a family say, what should we do tonight? I'm like, like, we got nothing on the agenda. Yeah. What should we do? Hey, let's go for a walk. Hey, let's see if we can fix up our bicycles. Mm. You know, and one of the things that I'll always remember about the pandemic is all the people on our neighborhood trail that it's not the most beautiful trail in the world. It goes along a drainage creek. <laughs> oh, that stinks. Um, but it's actually, it was awesome. Like there would be hundreds of people where there, I used to see five people. Mm-hmm. I might go out and see 150 to 200 to 300 people as I ran the trail yep. who were families out. And what I remember is just seeing smiles on families' faces. Mm. And they were just walking, maybe slowly enjoying it. Like yep. no agenda, just being together having fun, getting outside. And I think all of that, especially early on in the pandemic, was just all almost this relief of like, oh, I'm not like driving across town 15 minutes late, rushing from one thing, trying to get off work, you know, all of these yep. things that, that we're so programmed to do. Right. And uh, as time went on, of course, people became, we got more antsy and it wasn't just as much fun <laughs> right. to go on a lazy walk down the creek without other things to do. And, and some of those activities are great, but I, I hope that we don't just rush back into all of those and we remember some of just the joy and the rest yep. that, that sometimes we experience because we had things taken off our schedule even though we didn't want them to be. Yeah, definitely. And the irony is that, from what I just said, uh, that, that's another tree bird quote from The Two Towers. He says, oh, Saruman, this bad wizard guy. He's like, oh, he used to walk within the woods and he used to talk to the trees and enjoy creation. But now he's locked up in his tower and his mind is twisted as metal Ooh. because he doesn't do that anymore. I know that for my family, we, we love walks and we love nature. We intentionally did more of that. Yeah. And it was very therapeutic. But as St. Augustine said, that's the second book of scripture, right? That's... That's, that's how God speaks to us outside of scripture. We look at creation and mm. we say, well, there's creation that there must be a creator. And so it's just a wonderful way for us to uh, experience God and teach that to my children. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, at a young age, they get it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I think churches can learn as well of do we actually had this conversation this last week um, when the day is here where people feel more comfortable getting together in larger groups and um, the pandemic is taking less of a toll on all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, is it wise for us to just kick back into all of the programming we had before? Mm. Um, or are the, would it be a healthier rhythm to not have as much of that programming? Right. And so it's for churches and organizations and families to all Definitely. think about. 
I, I, I there, there's a book I forget what it's called or I forget the author, but it's the Seven Principles of Family Discipleship, and one of them is um, the church is not responsible for your family's discipleship. Yeah, you are. Yeah, and this was a pastor who's writing this book, and they actually pulled back and said, "We're actually going to do less at the church because we want you to do more with your family." Yeah. I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. You don't I, hear that very often. I love that. Yep. I love that. And suddenly we were, that that statement, like the full weight of it hits yep. when you actually don't have a choice. Yeah. And you find out, can I be spiritually healthy yep. without the program of the church in place? Um, for instance, like uh, Advent, uh, as we've been celebrating it with our family, with my three little girls, not five. I said five last time. I don't know. I was thinking yeah. my daughter was five. <laughs> I was thinking, yeah, my daughter's five. I have five children. Um, but the, the keeping of Advent and how we do it with the lighting of the candle, the opening of a letter, and, and, and everyone having something to do, it's, all, it's ultimately a discipline. And we are choosing to do this um, to yeah. remember God and to give him our attention and our focus, which kind of nicely brings us to number four, which is? Yeah. So the disciplines and rhythms are so crucial. I, they're always crucial, but I think we realize uh, how important they are during this time just because uh, uh, you, you could feel all of this pressure. You could feel the stress building. Um, if, a, if a couple doesn't have a solid relationship when things are just kind of normal, yeah. and then suddenly they're locked in a house together for months <laughs> at a time, um, yep. you know, or, um, if, if somebody deals with a little bit of anxiety yep. and then this hits, it gets really high anxiety. And so, um, the disciplines of prayer and spending time with the Lord and, um, realizing that you can't save the day, nope. but, um, but we rely on God and some of the rhythms of, you know, watching how much time I'm spending on social media mm. of exercising or going for a walk, um, sleeping the right amount, all of those things that we know are smart and right. wise and just living the way that God created us to live just become heightened during these moments. And sometimes that's a good reminder for us. And so uh, there's, I, I just think about this cause it's an easy example, but there have been uh, numerous times where my wife has noticed my behavior and has lovingly said, why don't you just go for a run? (laughs) (laughs) And because God made my body that I need to move, maybe a little bit more so than the average person, but sometimes I just need to move. And so if that's going to the gym or a jog or a walk or something, Mm. and she sometimes recognizes that before I even do, uh, but God uh, did not create me just to sit in my living room all day long mm. and and to not to not do effective, healthy things for me. And so I appreciate that uh, my wife has noticed that. So the rhythms are really important. Thank you, Pastor Brian's wife. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Number five. Thanks, honey. <laughs> uh, the church can be, there's a word, flexible and effective. Seems to be a running theme. We, 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 come, we keep coming back to flexible and yeah. just the importance of having a plan but realizing that plans can change also lord of the rings vigo mortensen who played aragorn the script was being rewritten daily and above his trailer he had the phrase adopt adapt and improve mm, i love that me too i love that my goal is to reference lord of the rings as much as i can in this episode apparently. i've noticed <laughs> <laughs> this is the day that uh 
Taylor actually has a hostile takeover of the podcast and it becomes Lord of the Rings. Thank you guys for joining us for the Lord of the Rings podcast. I'm Taylor. <laughs> and I'm Brian. And this is... In the cage. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you mean that the church can be flexible and effective? Because the flexible and effective don't always go together. Right. So I've been kind of working through this sermon. I'm going to do the first of the year where, you know, Paul had these plans uh, for his missionary journeys and they often got completely derailed, but that's actually not what happened. You would think they got derailed. Right. They actually just got changed into something different. And so have a shipwreck? Ah, no problem. I'll just share the gospel here <laughs> and uh, um, get bitten by a snake. Oh, no worries. It'll give me a chance to speak of God's healing and his, his power. And so um, we, we read those stories so quickly sometimes we forget how jarring it would have been to be the person on the boat thinking this is not going like it was supposed to go. Mm. Um, this is not going how it was planned. I'm under arrest. And, and the church, if we just so quickly are processing that this again, without looking back into our past and the history of how God works and how he works through his people, then um, we can just be so alarmed that things are different. And they're not how we planned. And yet when the church says, you know what, we can be flexible. We can kind of roll with the punches that the church is bigger um, than the tradition of how we've done things in the past. Yeah, familiarity and that, and, the, and that what we would call the norm is sometimes a little dangerous to church life. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the, the Sunday morning program is a wonderful tool. Yeah and tradition and the gathering of God's people, we love and we want to practice that. Yep. But if we have to practice it differently for a little while or a long while, uh, we can either be okay with that or we cannot be okay with that and say, no, that's my idol. Mm. That's what I want to worship Yeah. if we can't do it the way that I'm so used to doing it. And that feels really harsh. I'm just not sure how else we can look at the Bible and, and see that. So uh, I'm trying to learn to be flexible and realize that the ways that I wanted to do things or plan to do things, um, we can still honor God and be the church and, and maybe do things at a different time or in a different way. Uh, a year ago, I had no clue that my schedule for the rest of the day would look like it is going to look today, <laughs> um, where we'll be doing a baptism uh, uh you know, here instead of this past Sunday for different reasons, I'll be recording a sermon uh, for us to put online. Right. And we're doing different things. on Anyway, it's just kind of the way things are right now. Well, the method is the message. I, mm. I, th I think I've heard that a lot. And, and some people have taken that to mean, oh, so don't change the method. And the reality is, oh, no, no, no. We're not saying don't change the method. We're saying just be conscious of yeah. the method. Yeah. So, you know, as, 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 as the Bible reminds us, faith comes from hearing the word of God. Well, that doesn't mean through a microphone as you're sitting in the pew. That, that now means over social media. That now means in a podcast. Yeah. It means on a, on a television or on a live stream. Yeah. So what does the method say yeah. about the message? And ultimately that the gospel can be heard now in so many different ways. Um, but the flexibility and the effectiveness of the church, things have to be a little bit different now. Yes. Probably for the better. Um, which kind of leads us to number six. Yes. The underserved suffer more in a pandemic or not in a pandemic. Yeah, regardless of what's happening. Yeah, there's been all these political decisions to try to figure out 
you know, how does the city react? How do schools function? Um, and I often hear this will have a more negative impact on those who are under-resourced, underserved, um, and on the margins of society. And those people are almost always right, regardless. <laughs> I, right? I guess it's yeah. just, and part of this realization has come just from uh, some friends of ours uh, who are very dear to us who fall in that category and people that we care for and love very much. And we've seen the impact of the pandemic um, on their kids where mm. um, the, their guardians are in the, in the vulnerable category. Yeah. And so uh, they, but they can't just skip work and work from home. Mm. They got to go to work because that's where they are. And so um, everyone else's decisions impact them and there's economic decisions. And if the kids have to go to school, that's a burden. If the kids have to stay home and do school from home, that's a burden. Everything is just a, a disadvantage. And so I can be really bummed about that. Um, but I think what it just has brought me to, and we've said it on this podcast a number of times, uh, is that uh, we can certainly have a, a voice about what the best move for cities and local political authorities to do, and, and we should voice that, but we should spend about 99% of our energy actually serving those people who are impacted. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so finding those who are under-resourced and struggling and on the margins and loving and caring for them and helping them regardless is what Christ has called us to do. And so this has just been a huge reminder of, of that call in all of our lives. That's really good. I, I, I have no Lord of the Rings comment for that one. <laughs> no, no, well, you, you, yeah. you know, so a, after all these observations, yeah. after all of these lessons, we, we've done six of the seven so far. Um, 2020 was just hard. Oh, man. Just a frustrating year. It became things that should not have been political became political. We saw people forming uh, factions yeah. about interpretation of uh, medicine and data and statistics and yeah, very much a, oh, well, uh, throw up a stone. You'll hit somebody who has an opinion on, on, on something, <laughs> yeah. you know, you'll, yeah. you'll, you'll hit somebody. Yeah. And um, with, with all of this happening, it has been really hard, uh, I think, to express gratitude. But your number seven really addresses this. And number seven, wrapping up this uh, seven things what what you learned in yeah. 2020 what I, is it i have much to be thankful for why yeah. and when you when you just begin journaling and writing down and thinking back as kierkegaard pleads with us to do then you just begin thinking of like i'm here like uh, the the lord showed grace to me i made a hundred wrong decisions about how to navigate the pandemic yeah. and how to navigate relationships and to treat people. And even, uh, you know, just this last week, my wife and I are kind of grieving that uh, uh, we'd, we'd had to make a tough decision that we felt like was just gonna be tough no matter which way. And we're just pleading kind of for grace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where it was, and there's just been so many of those decisions. And I look back and see that in the midst of all of that, in the midst of my own frailty and poor decision-making and, uh, um, sometimes feeling sorry for myself or moping around or, um, all of those things that God's been gracious and, um, 
and God loves me and cares for me and he's given me what I need to be here. Uh, he's given people to encourage me. Um, you know, some, some notes uh, I've got on my desk of people just saying, hey, love you, caring for you. That's what a great gift from God uh, to be part of a church family um, that hasn't just completely fractured or turned or whatever um, has been a great blessing. Uh, just last night, uh, I have a, um, let's see, I don't want to completely out them. Yep. I, have a, <laughs> uh, I have a child who had a, a car issue and uh, I needed to drop some things that were kind of important in my schedule to go help them and spent several hours doing that. And uh, that car issue could have probably not happened if they would have had a little bit more forethought. But uh, it happened. And uh, so I rearranged my schedule and uh, spent time outside and figured it all out. And when my child got home later, they just had a, a uh, they had bought me a coffee and brought it to me and on the lid said, thanks, love you, dad. And I was like, oh, okay, that was all worth it. <laughs> uh, but saying thank you, it, it changes the heart of the one who says thank you. And it's so good for the people who hear that thank you. And so I think thankfulness is so important for us in these moments where we all require extra grace and we, we hopefully can still say thank you to the people who um, maybe haven't made, in fact, certainly haven't made perfect decisions in all of this. Uh, but we can say thank you for their love and their kindness and their courage and uh, their grace and their help and their care. And then we can receive that when pe people say thank you to us. And so when I say thank you to the Lord, though, it resets my heart to realize, like, I deserve nothing. Mm. Like, I've, I've gotten way more this year than I ever deserved. Um, and so I don't deserve to be offended or angry or frustrated because uh, the only person who really has the right to be offended is God. And um, yet he shows grace to me. Yeah. And so I need to have this attitude of thankfulness. So um, I would encourage you to, uh, to make a little list of why you're thankful during this tough year. Yeah, Habakkuk uh, 3, 17 through 19 really reminds us that even though everything's going awful, uh, we, we have a, a duty and we have a responsibility to choose to rejoice. Mm -hmm. um, no matter what happens, it doesn't change the cross. And yeah. that has been a reminder for my family as my wife has been going through all of her medical stuff, as our children were discovering that they have inherited a lot of her allergens and their allergies and things like that. Yeah. It's well, that, that doesn't change the death and resurrection of Christ and what he accomplished on Calvary. And no matter what happens, nothing ultimately changes that. And that becomes the source of our joy and of our thankfulness. Um, but because that was a long time ago and I wasn't there and all I have is a book and other people to tell me about it, it's hard to keep that at the forefront of your mind because it doesn't seem as immediate yeah. um, or as near as it, as it truly is by the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, so reminding ourselves that thankfulness is a choice, that we choose to be thankful, um, that's, that's encouraging. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we started this podcast, um, we were going to start it in February Yep. and then the pandemic hit and, uh, we, I'm, I'm really glad we decided to kick it in gear. It's been fun for me to do that this year. I have really enjoyed these past 16 episodes. 
Are we on 16 already? Yeah, this is number 16. Sweet 16. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Let's go. We can do donuts <laughs> in the parking lot almost. Uh, not quite. Uh, we. Sorry, I actually thought of like real donuts, not. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 got, I was like, we can do donuts. I, Wait, what? Oh, okay. gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, that'd yeah. be a funny picture. That would be a very- Let's go sit in the snow in the parking lot and, and eat do- donuts. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you guys so much for yeah. listening, for subscribing, and for sharing. Um, as, as Pastor Brian was saying, this is something that we, we were wanting to do. And this has been really therapeutic for me and, and, and very enjoyable to, to dig into these topics. And we hope that you've been blessed by them as well. So, so much of uh, 2020 was reactive yep. and it was fun to just create yeah. something again. And we realized that people were getting slammed by so many things that we felt were negative. Yep. Uh, we just wanted to put a voice, a couple of voices out there. Um, where hopefully you could be drawn to the truth of God's love for you and uh, have some fun and laughs along the way. So this has been good, and we will be back in 2021 here in a week or so. Woohoo! Yeah, so Happy New Year, and I hope you all had a, a Merry Christmas and a, a good time with your family over the holidays. I'm Taylor. And I'm Brian. And this has been the Echo Podcast. Where we are looking for truth in the noise and lots of Lord of the Rings references. You know, there's a Lord of the Rings reference about that. (laughs) See y'all. Blessings.